Today is Tuesday, July 12th, 2022. Joe Biden heckled inside the White House. Jill Biden compares Latinos to tacos. The Lone Star State defies the regime and begins arrests of illegal immigrants. And Florida Republicans now outnumber Democrats by 200,000 voters. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. All right, sticking with politics, First Lady Dr. Jill Biden is taking some heat over remarks she made yesterday at a Hispanic Unity Conference in Texas. While talking about Hispanic diversity, she mispronounced the word for corner stores historically started by Latinos in New York known as bodegas, but that wasn't all. As distinct as the bodegas of the Bronx, as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio. <laughs> the National Association of Hispanic Journalists responded that, quote, using breakfast tacos to demonstrate the uniqueness of Latinos in San Antonio demonstrates a lack of cultural knowledge and sensitivity. Welcome to Taco Tuesday. Taco. God, Tuesday. That's what Jill Biden said this morning. She was so excited because Latinos are the same as breakfast tacos, according to her speech given at a Latinx inclusion luncheon in Texas yesterday in San Antonio. Jill Biden butchered the pronunciation of bodega. Bodega. Bodegas are like when you go to New York and there's a teeny little corner store and they sell you like sandwiches and uh, Cracker Jacks and bubble gum and all the little things that you'd get at a corner store. That's what a bodega is. A bodega is um, like a cultural, it's like a cultural thing in New York. And they're, they're great. I've traveled to New York a lot. You go to a little bodega, they have some of the best sandwiches, actually. She's, she called them bodegas or <laughs> And then said that Latinx people are as diverse as tacos. <laughs> just play, just play the clip. But we can't get those things on our own. Raul helped build this organization with the understanding that the diversity of this community as distinct as the bogodas of the Bronx, as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio, <laughs> is your strength. Just a reminder that this is the woman who's married to Joe Biden, who held up a cell phone at a Latinx inclusion conference in Miami and played Despacito. You may recall that clip and Joe Biden going, yeah. This is how cringe the Bidens are. This is how embarrassing the Bidens are. They are from such a elitist class of waspy, fake it till you make it, smug, jackass liberals up in the East Coast. Now, how do I know that? Well, my wife's from Delaware. I've been to the Biden's house, not because I was invited, but because we went there to do a story on the wall that Joe Biden built around his house. These people live inside these hermetically sealed, like snooty leftist communities where they do truly view Latinos and black Americans and brown Americans as like uh, something so exotic 
and ex- an extreme, right? Because when you go to Joe Biden's community in Delaware, where he retreats to nearly 40 times, he's gone 39 vacations, 39 vacations, Joe Biden has gone to Rehoboth, Delaware, this really small community called Seaside, where Joe Biden has a multi-million dollar mansion. I've seen it with my own two eyeballs. You go there and you look around the neighborhood and you're like, this neighborhood, the people here look like, uh, the, the people here, is, they're, 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 about as, they're about as white and as plain as mayonnaise. And Joe Biden and his family are the exact same. As, as much as they try to be hip with it, uh, they're, they're like the... Uh, they're like the parents out of Meet the Fockers, or they're like the extremely non, you know, non-hip characters in the movie, right? The, you team up the white cop, right, with the black cop, and he doesn't know how to dance, and he's super awkward, right? There's like a million movies made, like a little buddy cop comedy film. The Bidens are as out of touch and as embarrassing as those characters, they're in real life, and it's because the Bidens have only ever lived inside of white communities, like pure white, like a polar bear eating sugar in the middle of winter. Like I'm talking like the whitest communities you could possibly imagine. The Bidens choose to live there. There are plenty of black communities and plenty of Latino communities in Delaware, actually. You can drive around and see them. And... The Bidens choose to live in the most uppity, snooty, mayonnaise white community in this gated community in a private area of Delaware. And so they, 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 when they're speaking to minority audiences, they sound like this. Joe Biden said that Republicans would put black people back in chains in 2016, a comment that should have gotten him disqualified from the race. The black president at the time should have kicked him off the ticket for saying that. But no, 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 it's applauded. It's applauded if it's getting you political power. And that's exactly what Joe Biden thought she was doing here. She thought she was getting political power at the... Latinx conference. It's called the Inclusion with a big X in the middle of it, right? The Latinx Inclusion luncheon in Texas. Joe Biden made those comments at the three-day Unidos U.S. annual conference in San Antonio. The reactions to the comments? No bueno, no bueno. Check out corporate media reactions to the Jill Biden com- comments. The comment came during a prepared speech in San Antonio, Texas, where the largest Latino civil rights group in the country gathered for a conference. Now the National Association of Hispanic Journalists is responding in a tweet, encouraging, quote, Dr. Biden and her speechwriting team to take the time in the future to better understand the complexities of our people and communities. The group adding, we are not tacos. And as excellent as an enchilada. Laura, <laughs> this, is, this is so offensive. Political commentators on cable news quick to react last night. Kathleen gaffes appear to run the Biden family. Imagine if a Republican said that. It would be probably breathless hysteria from the media mob for days on end, if not weeks. The press secretary for Florida Governor Ron DeSantis agreeing, writing, quote, imagine the regime media meltdown if a conservative called Hispanics breakfast tacos like Dr. Jill Biden. And Texas Senator Ted Cruz tweeting, quote, um, what? National Association of Hispanic Journalists. We are not tacos. (laughs) 
every day we grow closer to God. Oh my goodness, it's too, it's too good. Well, I was talking with my producer today. I was like, ALX, I don't want to have to do another story about Hunter Biden's like crack, Hunter Biden's ass crack, Hunter Biden's crack crack. I don't want to have to do another story about Hunter Biden. Please, let's find something else. And then down from the sky falls this. The National Association Hispanic Journalists roasting Jill Biden uh, like a hot pepper, beating Jill Biden like a pinata, and they didn't stop there. You can imagine what would happen, of course, if Melania Trump said, To my, to my Italian-American friends, you are as diverse as a tour of Italy at Olive Garden. Thank you for always making your breadsticks unlimited. Thank you to my Korean American friends. Thank you for Squid Game. <laughs> they would be calling. They would be. In, they would impeach Trump a nineteenth time, right? If, if if Melania Trump dared say something like this, this is what Christina Peshwa said. I mean, you, you could. I mean, it'd be the end of your career, of course, if you said something like this as a Republican. And the newest member of the Latina caucus, the super-based Myra Flores, had this to tweet. Myra Flores from Texas, actually born in Mexico. The Hispanic community is so much more than breakfast tacos. P.S. Latina is greater than sign Latin X. So everyone's joining in on the pinata beatdown of Jill Biden. Cassidy Garcia, Republican candidate for Texas's densely Hispanic 28th district, thanked Biden for clarifying that Democrats think Hispanics are tacos. <laughs> Maybe if we rebrand the southern border as Southern Border X, Joe Biden will finally visit. <laughs> she wondered in a tweet. Super based Cassie Garcia. Good for you. Good for you. Let's have her on the show. Welcome to the month of July, or as we call it on this show, MAGA month. This is a month where we celebrate America and our founding, the 4th of July, fireworks, grilling, drinking beer, and you know what's another amazing American tradition? Gold. That's right. America used to have a currency that was backed by gold. That's what prevented out-of-control inflation back in the day. Did you know that George Washington actually held an enormous amount of gold personally in order to ensure his investments? Be as smart as George Washington and invest in something with physical value. I'm talking physical gold for my friends at Birch Gold. Text Benny to 989898 to get a free info kit on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals from Birch. I did this and my family got in the mail. Physical gold and silver delivered securely to our home and now it's in our bank account and we've never felt more secure. And it's all because of my friends at the A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, five-star reviews, thousands of satisfied customers, Birch Gold. Text Benny to 989898 to go gold. Be as smart as a founding father, ladies and gentlemen. Birch Gold. She was apparently alluding to the event being named Latinx or Inclusion Luncheon. The term Latinx lacks gender, which is crucial in the Spanish language, and polls have repeatedly shown that America's Hispanic community rejects the word in favor of the masculine Latino or Hispanic. 
Miami, uh, uh, a Miami Americano media poll from March revealed that just 1.7% of the Hispanic population uses Latin X. <laughs> well, 60% describe themselves as Hispanic. So that would be like perfect Democrat policy making right there. Just do the thing. Make sure you pivot to the most extreme position, 1.7% of Hispanics use this term. So let's make sure we shove it down their throats, just like the breakfast tacos that they are. Incredible. Of course, the memers jumped in on this. Uh, we have brought a couple of memes for your viewing pleasure. Do we have them, Sam? Meme them. Oh, say it with me. That wasn't actually a meme, but that was Jill Biden once again attempting to speak Spanish. That was Jill Biden's attempt at saying, Si se puede, which technically translates into, yes, we can in Spanish. Uh, also, not a great move. The, uh, the, corporate, the corporate memes. Let's go. Image five. There we go. All right. Hola, my Latinx friends. We are not tacos. <laughs> Okay, let's go. let's let's meme them again, Sam. Oh, oh, what is this family? Let me see. Let me put on my glasses. Oh, hello, tacos. <laughs> corporate needs to show. The corporate needs to find the difference between this picture and this picture. They're the same picture. Jan from the office. Jill Biden continuing the humiliation of the Biden family. It doesn't get any better than this. Apparently, this is breaking news, I'm being told. Jill Biden has apologized through a spokesperson. How humiliating. Joe Biden's spokesperson saying that, uh, I'm reading the tweet right here live on air for you, Michael De La Rosa. Michael De La Rosa apparently works for Jill Biden saying the first lady apologizes that her words conveyed anything but pure admiration and love for the taco community. <laughs> the Latino community is what the tweet says, but we all understand what they mean. So why is this story relevant? Why are we leading with this story? Well, the pandering is going to reach levels unheard of. It is going to be so cringe and it's going to get worse because Democrats don't know what to do when they're in a corner, when they're trapped in a corner and when they're put up against it and when they're no longer hip to it, they start to just spiral into cringe. They were always cringe, but the cringe will become unbearable nearing the 2022 midterms as polling shows that Hispanics are abandoning Democrats in mass Massive numbers of Hispanics are swinging Republican, and in fact, a large Hispanic majority minority state like Texas and like Florida are actually becoming redder. They're becoming more red. We have a story later on in the show about how Florida has 200,000 plus voter advantage for Republicans now, and that's in large part due to Hispanic communities in Florida saying, nope, no bueno, no mas to Democrat socialist policies. And I can't imagine why they would do that. Where do most Latinos come from? 
Latin America would be the correct response there. The, a huge area of the American continent is Latin America. And what is the prevailing social government structure of Latin America? Well, it would be socialist and or communist. If you're looking at the Marxist that was just elected in Colombia, for instance, or if you're looking at Cuba, I live in Tampa, Florida, where there's a huge number of Cubans. And let me tell you, how would you get your ass kicked in Tampa, Florida? You'd go down to Ybor City, where you have all the historic cigar rolling companies, right? Where uh, hundreds of thousands of immigrants from Cuba moved after they came to America to roll cigars with the cigar capital of the of the country is here in Ybor City in Tampa. Super cool neighborhood, super cool area, very historic. You'd go to a barber shop there, and you'd walk in, and you'd say, Viva Fidel Castro. And you would get cut, boy. You'd get cut. You'd walk into a bodega or a bodega if you're Jill Biden. And you'd say, hello, my tacos. I like Fidel Castro. Do you have a copy of the Communist Manifesto? You'd get beat with a broomstick. And you'd get sent on your way and you'd be limping on your way out. Trust me when I say that these neighborhoods hate communism. They hate Fidel Castro. They dislike large governments. They distrust politicians who promise to fix their problems because they've seen it. Because they've seen actual fascism. They've seen actual communism. They've seen actual socialism. And so Jill Biden, what is she is doing here is she's coping. This is the big cope. The big cope is they know they're losing the Latin community and the Latin community in America, shocking statistic, didn't know this until a few days ago, the largest population of Latin Americans living inside of any country is America, actually. Uh, so the largest population of Latinos that are naturalized citizens in any one country, uh, America is actually number two. I think Brasilia, Brazil is number one. And so you do have a massive situation here that is a problem for Democrats. And if they don't figure it out, then they're just completely screwed because this is where all the population growth is in America. And if they're losing this community, well, then you're toast. You're never going to be able to win again. You may revert back to the shifts of the 1980s uh, and 1970s and 80s where you could have Richard Nixon or Ronald Reagan win 48 states. If you're losing this community, that's where the Democrat Party is headed. And so that's where the cope comes from. That's where the panic comes from. That's where ridiculous, cringe-inducing lines like this come from, from Jill Biden. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we laugh in her face and we say, continue, please, because we need for you to self-immolate and continue to insult the very people that you're attempting to pander to. Uh, the way that most... Latinos in America would like things to go in this country is law and order. They come here because the systems of government and the systems of law from where they came from have collapsed. It is corrupt. It is a system that is not intended to help them. It is intended to hurt them. I have spent time inside of communist Cuba. You can go to Mexico and bribe your way out of traffic tickets. You can see it with your own two eyes, exactly how corrupt the systems are inside of these failed Latin American communities and countries with their socialist governments. And the corruption stems from the top all the way on down. It's why law and order is important for the Latin community in America. And it's why 
They applaud the building of a border wall by and large and applaud the enforcement of the border laws inside of this country. It's shocking, but most polling shows this. The steps in the Lone Star state of Texas then is going to be quite popular for people like a recent immigrant or a Latino American living in this country. Lone Star State, Texas, goes it alone. Border agents arrest nearly 26,000 migrants at five Texas sectors in less than a week as Governor Abbott defies Biden and claims new enforcement power. Nearly 26,000 migrants were apprehended by Texas Area Customs and Border Patrol agents in under a week, a Monday report states. Whoa, this is big time. The figure is a total number of arrests across five regions of the U.S.-Mexico border within a six-day period ending in July 9th, according to documents reviewed by Breitbart. It comes amid a statewide crackdown on undocumented migrants being led by Texas Governor Greg Abbott. Last week, the Republican official signed an executive order directing the Texas National Guard and Texas Department of Public Safety to arrest migrants and return them to the border. He and other GOP politicians have piled blame on the Biden administration for failing to secure the southwestern border in a record surge in asylum seekers as recently as May, seeking to buckle the government's immigration infrastructure. State and local governments on the border, as well as humanitarian groups there, have been calling for the White House to mount a stronger federal response and warning that their own resources are being stretched thin. Of the 26,000 migrants apprehended, according to Monday's report, 10,000 were in the Texas border town of Eagle Pass. The Del Rio border sector saw the largest share with 12,000 migrants being apprehended by border agents there. The Rio Grande Valley reportedly falls in second with the remaining three being the El Paso, Laredo, and Big Bend sector. So what is going on here is you are seeing for the first time in, I think, American history, a state taking the issue of illegal immigration into their own hands. I'm not sure that there has been an official invasion declared in Texas. I don't think that that has actually happened. We had Carrie Lake on this weekend. She said that she is going to declare an invasion and give herself the constitutional powers to defend her state's borders, which each state has. But what Texas is doing is finally laying hands on the migrants and arresting them and sending them home. And this is, of course, what Donald Trump was doing with the Remain in Mexico policy. You just weren't allowed to enter America at all. You were going to sit in Mexico and have your uh, asylum claims litigated. And while they were being litigated, you are not allowed to enter America. There was a zero tolerance policy. The Supreme Court struck down that policy in uh, a ruling last week two weeks ago. And so now, uh, you know, not like the Biden administration cared, but you can now enter America and then essentially get diffused into the mainland of America, never to return, right? So then you are essentially here forever. That is the policy that Donald Trump ended. And what that did was cut, reduce the number of illegal border crossings uh, down to historic lows. Joe Biden has uh, ramped them up to historic highs getting rid of all of the gains made by the Trump administration, and then tying the hands of states by saying, well, hey, listen, you have absolutely no right to lay your hands on people crossing or invading your territory. Texas is doing, I think, good work on this. I think they could be doing more, but 
Texas Governor Greg Abbott is saying essentially that you are going to be treated as trespassers. You are going to be treated as someone who's damaging Texas property. And we have the right to defend ourselves. We have the right to defend our own borders. And so Greg Abbott is now arresting and detaining. And that is going to be a deterrent. The entire goal is deterrence. Because if you were to have an open border, you would have exactly what Joe Biden is seeing, which is terrorists crossing our border, which is people from 100 plus countries entering this nation illegally, and you have no idea what their backgrounds are, where they're from, Chinese, Russians, you name it, Ukrainians, they're entering this country. What do they have in store for us? Well, we know, according to DHS numbers, that there have been multiple people on the terrorist watch list detained. So what that tells you is that people who were not detained from the terrorist watch list definitely entered this country. What they have in store, we don't know. But who do we blame for it? Joe Biden, obviously. And what you get in a situation like this is a standoff between Texas and the federal government. So this is what we're going to have. We're going to have states binding together, enforcing their own laws. You would have like Texas and Arizona. Let's say Carrie Lake wins her primary here in the next month, and we encourage you to go vote for her. We like Carrie Lake a lot. We think she is going to be, she's the only way out of this nightmare for Arizona that Arizona's in right now. The Californication of Arizona is happening right now, and it's really bad. Carrie Lake, ladies and gentlemen, she was on the show. Check out the interview. Carrie Lake will declare an invasion. Texas will declare an invasion. Uh, the New Mexico is led by libs. You can see what happens there. Who knows? You declare invasion. You have the border states essentially bind together and say, we're not uh, allowing anyone to enter our state. You rebuild the wall. You don't have to do that on federal lands. And then you enforce your laws. You declare an invasion that gives you by via the constitution, the power to essentially defend your own borders uh, the way that you see fit. I mean, remember, it's the United States of America. It's not the United Federal Governments of America. It's not the United School Boards of America. And it's certainly not the United, uh, you know, Department of Homeland Securities of America. It's the United States of America. States have massive plenary power to defend themselves, and they should take... Um, they should take uh, assume that responsibility, especially in these times, because it's devastating what is happening. Uh, some states are assuming the responsibility of telling the truth and going about the order of gut-checking fake news, I suppose. Ohio is one of these states. Ohio has come out with their attorney general and said that one of the most pernicious lies that were spread uh, across the internet about a 10-year-old getting raped uh, and then having uh, no access to abortion uh, is essentially uh, fake. That this story that you saw that spread like a virus, like wildfire across the internet, this story isn't true, according to the Attorney General of Ohio. Now, he's saying that there hasn't been a whisper of this story or any evidence that this story is real. This story came from a known and prolific abortionist who has every, because it is her career, because it is her occupation to commit abortions, this person has a really good motivation to tell a lie that would affect the national media narrative uh, that would be pulling at the heartstrings that some little, you know, 10-year-old, some horrible crime happened to a 10-year-old and then she can't get an abortion now, right? So that was the story, that a 10-year-old was raped, and now they can't get an abortion. Problem is, is that 
a couple things. One, that's a heinous crime. It needs to be reported, and there are mandatory reporting rules for people in the medical profession for things like this. There has been no report. And two, there's been absolutely no evidence that this is real. So this is a heinous crime. You would want to put the person who did this in jail, presumably, so they wouldn't do it again. Uh, But the attorney general of Ohio, whose name is David Yost, is saying that there is no evidence that this story is real at all, even though it has been reported and spread again like a cancer through the corporate press who just open their mouths and say, give me one more daddy uh, to the... Uh, to the fake media manufactured story industry, whether it be Christine Blasey Ford, uh, whether it be Brett Kavanaugh accusers, whether it be Clarence, uh, you know, uh, fake stories about Clarence Thomas and his wife, it is just the fake media manufactured industry. Uh, and they said, they said it again on this story. Doesn't matter what the narrative is. Doesn't matter that your job as a journalist is to check and verify these things. It was convenient to the message, and so they ran with it, including on CNN, which is really repulsive. Here is David Yost last night on Fox News saying, uh, this story has absolutely, there's no evidence that this story is a real story. Not a whisper. And we work closely with the, we have a decentralized law enforcement system in Ohio, um, but we have regular contact with the prosecutors and local police and sheriffs, not a whisper anywhere. Something maybe even more telling, Jesse, is my office runs the state crime lab. Any case like this, you're going to have a rape kit, you're going to have biological evidence, and you would be looking for DNA uh, analysis, which we do most of the DNA analysis in Ohio. There is no case request for analysis that looks anything like this. Okay, so again, let's say the story was true. And the story, again, the source of this story is an abortionist who does abortions for a living. So in case you're wondering if there is a personal motivation to profit off a story like this, the answer is yes. Now, let's say the story was true. Well, I would want this rapist locked up. And also, I would want this girl to get, you know, whatever, you know, whatever medical attention she needs, because this is a horrible, this is a horrible thing to have happen to a person, right? Nobody wants this. The Indianapolis Star reported the story of a 10-year-old girl who was denied an abortion in Ohio and traveled to Indiana for the procedure after the Supreme Court ruled to overturn Roe v. Wade. So that's the way the story went. But Yost is saying that the victim would have been able to obtain an abortion under Ohio law, which makes abortion illegal when a fetal heartbeat is detected, typically around the six-week mark. The state's law provides exemptions in cases of life endangerment or severe compromise of physical health. This young girl, if she existed, if this horrible thing actually happened, breaks my heart to think about it, She did not have to leave Ohio to find treatment, Yo says. The whole thing is fake news. On Friday, Biden expressed outrage over the 10-year-old's case, alleged 10-year-old case. Why do we... Who's writing this? This is the Washington Examiner. There is no proof that this person exists. Isn't it like the trust but verify? Like, what happened to journalism? It really is incredible. Journalism just became Hollywood. It just became manufactured stories in order to push a narrative. So that's what journalism is today. It's manufactured stories in, a, in order to push a predetermined narrative. So this story fits the bill, so it doesn't matter that these people or this girl doesn't exist. It doesn't matter that Brett Kavanaugh's accusers don't exist. Anita Hill didn't matter. None of it matters. 
None of the PP tape, the dossier, none of these things matter if the attack is towards our political enemy of the cultural left of the machine and if the accusations are salacious enough in order to hurt them and give us power and deliver power to us. That is the role of a story like this. And so they make it grotesque, much like Jane Roe, the person who is responsible for Roe v. Wade, Jane Roe, not her real name. I can't remember her real name. They said that she was raped. Actual false, false. This woman wasn't actually raped, according to her own testimony, nor was she actually pregnant. So the entire predicate for Roe v. Wade, the Roe in that case, was a lie. It didn't matter because it delivered power to cultural Marxism. And that is is the ultimate end here. And so Norma McCovey is her name, my producer tells me, and she turned out to be pro-life. She became a Christian later in life, gave her life to Christ, and she regretted being the Roe in Roe v. Wade. So all of it is a lie. Everything you think is truth is a lie. You live inside of Westworld, right? And they want you to be a robot and to just accept these things. And Joe Biden, of course, repeats these lies as he did because he is a pernicious fool. Uh, at least he didn't call, you know, at least he didn't call anyone a taco like his wife does, but he did repeat a pernicious uh, and evidence-free story about a 10-year-old. Check it out. 10 years old. And she was forced to have to travel out of the state to Indiana to seek to terminate the presidency and maybe save her life. Okay, and I got on to a rocket ship and I traveled to the moon last night and I found out it was made of cheese. Took a big spoonful. Ah, delicious. Look at this delicious moon. It's made of cheese. And what you would say to that is, that's a great story, pal. Show me the evidence. Do you have a sample of the cheese with you? Do you have footage of you on a rocket ship? Because that story is great, but it actually sounds made up. It's a little too convenient. So what I'm saying here in the official stance of The Benny Show is, all right, if it's real, we're going to have to see the evidence, and I want this monster locked up, and then I want this child to be attended to. If it's not real, well, then I want the people to be you know, prosecuted who've been sharing this story because it's been ping-pong-balling around the media. This person's clearly a liar, and they're... This person is making up a crime, right? It's the abortionist who is bringing this story to the national media. And it is, again, like traveled like wildfire across international media. This person is lying about a crime. And that is clearly taking up police resources. You just saw the attorney general of Ohio on there saying, "Um, yeah, we would definitely be investigating this. We're very concerned about this story. There's no evidence that this is actually real. So which way? Choose a lane. Which way? Joe Biden is choosing a lane and choosing which way he wants to go as it pertains to the White House and as it pertains to who gets into the White House. And the people who get into the White House are going to be Joe Biden's buddies and friends and people who clap like drooling seals. Like the, the Twitter the Twitter people, right? Like uh, the people who clap like drooling seals when Joe Biden says, true international pressure, bad Cathcart. But if somebody, even somebody of the left, a man of the left, presumably, dares defy Joe Biden, even inside of his sanctum of the White House, which is wild that protesters are getting into the White House to yell at Joe Biden. Joe Biden getting mocked yesterday on his bicycle as he rode through Delaware. We showed you that footage. Joe Biden getting flipped off in Delaware by 
you know, inside one of the bluest states in America, Joe Biden can't ride his bike in peace or stay on two wheels. And now inside of the White House, the most secure house in the country, arguably, Joe Biden uh, still can't have peace there. A protester yelled at Joe Biden in the middle of his speech yesterday. This protester was a man of the left, a Parkland father who... uh, who lost his 17-year-old son, uh, one of the teenagers killed at Stoneman Douglas High School in that horrific shooting a couple of years ago. This man shouted down Biden. His name's Manuel Oliver. And then Joe Biden said, let the man be heard before shouting over him and getting him booted from the White House. Check it out. We can make meaningful progress on dealing with gun violence. Because make no mistake, sit down, you'll hear what I have to say. If you think you. Let him talk, let him talk. No one. Okay. Because make no mistake about it. So this guy's saying that's not enough. He has he's Manuel Oliver. He is a uh, he now does full time activism, uh, according to his website. And he lost again. He tragically lost his kid in the Parkland shooting. Um, You know, we've had Parkland parents on the show. Andrew Pollack is a buddy of ours. He lost his daughter and the Parkland shooting. Super tragic. These parents live in hell. I mean, truly, it's it's. I can't, I cannot imagine, I have kids, I cannot imagine what it would be like to send your kids off to school and then to come come home that day without them. Uh, so these parents have every right to feel pain and they'll feel pain for the rest of their lives. A- Andrew Pollock feels pain every single day. He is channeling that pain into hardening our schools and into making the world a better place. And it's admirable actually to take that pain and those moments and to channel them into righteous indignation to protect more children. I, dude, I am down with that. And Joe Biden, if you don't think Joe Biden's doing enough, then you go and yell at Joe Biden. Joe Biden's response to this homie is to kick him out of the White House to scream over them, to tell him to sit down, and then, of course, to get him dragged from the premises. And so that is how Joe Biden treats the father uh, of a slain teenager in Parkland. Also further disgracing the memory of this man's son, uh, Joe Biden saying that the Parkland shooting took place in 1918, approximately the date of Joe Biden's birth. Weird clip. Fort Hood, Texas, 2009. 13 dead, 30 more injured. Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, 1918. 17 dead, 17 injured. In both places, countless others suffering with invisible wounds. In both places, red flag laws could have stopped both those shooters. So he gets, he says that the, he said that Stoneman Douglas High School shooting in Parkland occurred in 1918. Got it. And then he took one of the parents and had his goons drag him out of the White House for disagreeing with him and for challenging Joe Biden. Got it. Maybe this is why Joe Biden has only 1% of voters, ages of that man's uh, uh, son, actually. That man's, that man's son uh, was 17 years old when he lost his life in the Parkland shooting. Well, 18 to 29-year-olds strongly approve of Joe Biden, only 
Only 1%. Maybe it's because they watch activists and people who want to make kids safe in schools, whichever way you want to cut it, whichever way you want to do it. Our friend Andrew Pollack does it one way. Maybe it's because Joe Biden is taking those people and kicking them out of the White House. Maybe that's why he only has 1%. 64% of Democrat voters want Biden out of the 2024 race. This according to new polling. The post-millennial says a majority of Democrats do not want Joe Biden to seek re-election in 2024, according to the New York Times Cinema College poll released Monday. This is a New York Times poll. This is a liberal institution poll. This is a suppression poll. These are called suppression polls because they over-index Democrats, they under-index Republicans and conservatives. And so these are the kind of polls that essentially inflate numbers positively for Democrats. So if you're looking at 1% of voters between 18 and 29, it's less than that. It's less. They don't know how to they don't know how to poll like conservative youths, these polls. So it's actually less than 1%. Do this poll at Student Action Summit uh, in Tampa, Florida, Turning Point USA. Next week, we'll be there and speaking and excited about it. And I promise you, it will not be 1%. But only 1% of voters between 18 and 29 years of age strongly approve of Biden's performance, man. So they are eroding their support in the Latino community by historic numbers. And now they are eroding their support in the youths, which is, you know, the entire Democratic Party is entirely made up of a cobble, cobbling patchwork, knitted together groups of dispossessed people. You know, you try and convince young people that they're being screwed by the system, right? While propping up the banking system and while propping up big healthcare and propping up big pharma, you try and convince the young people that you're fighting the machine. And then you try and convince Latin Amer- Latinx people that you're fighting the machine, you're fighting for them, that all Republicans are racist, they want to build them all. And you try to convince black people the same thing. And then you knit it all together and you get this like witch's kitchen cabal of the Democrat Party, all these dispossessed groups, the LGBTQ plus IA community. You knit them all together, right? And then you get the modern Democrat Party with no real natural consistency other than the consistency of the dispossessed. And so what these polls show is that they are, they're utterly getting just destroyed. They're getting destroyed in their inability to keep that coalition together. So young people are abandoning Democrats, and now Democrats are abandoning Democrats. The poll reflects 64% of Democrat voters want Biden out of the 2024 race. The president is hemorrhaging support from his party, according to the poll. Uh, The reasons cited, 33% of those polled said that the president's age was the primary factor. They didn't want him to run. Got it. Got it. Really painful realization that Joe Biden ages just like all human beings on planet Earth. Joe Biden is 77 uh, years old when he ran for president. Now he happens to be 79 years old. I know this is crazy, but that is the same aging factor of two years that happened to you two years ago. You are two years older than you were when Joe Biden announced he was running for president. This is somehow coming as a revelation to our corporate press and to the Democrat Party. You could have just tuned in to this show or Tucker's show or any show and like said, wow, hmm, Joe Biden will get older and he's already a decrepit, senile man. Uh, Amber Herding is in his own bed uh, in his basement in Delaware. Joe Biden didn't actually run for president. Joe Biden isn't actually a living person. Joe Biden is an empty sawdust filled hamster cage with a spinning wheel and a small spider web on it and no hamster. It's 
done. Joe Biden is finished. The Florida Republicans now claim that they outnumber Democrats by 200,000 voters. Maybe it's because of the empty hamster cage of Joe Biden that people are flocking to the Republican Party. It's happening here in Florida, and it is glorious. Here, according to Breitbart Registered, Florida Republicans now outnumber Democrats by 200,000 voters, doubling their lead since March. The Republican Party of Florida has announced Republicans in Florida made history yet again this summer as Republicans continue to outpace Democrats in gaining new voters in the Sunshine State. Historically, Democrats have outpaced and had a clear advantage in the state, but the tide began to turn noticeably over the last two years in the leadership of DeSantis and the ongoing coronavirus restrictions, vaccine mandates, and the Sunshine State becoming a landing spot for dispossessed Republicans from all around the country. Come on down. The water's warm. It is amazing. And leave these rotted cities. You know, there was this amazing story this morning about Starbucks closing 16 stores. Where is Starbucks closing stores? It ain't in Texas and it ain't in Florida and it ain't in the South. I promise you that. It ain't in the Sun Belt. It is inside of cities like Seattle, Los Angeles, Washington, D.C., New York. Why is Starbucks closing stores? Because of crime and drug use inside of these stores. They're no longer safe. If Starbucks, liberal, lefty, woke bastion, can't get away from Democrat policies, how do you think it's going to work for you? Starbucks is a multi-billion or trillion dollar corporation. How do you think it's going to work for you? If Starbucks can't provide security for their stores, how is it going to work for little old you living inside of Washington, D.C.? Promise you it didn't work great. For me, living inside of Washington, D.C., and, you know, truth be told, I nearly lost my family spending a day too long inside of the liberal cesspool, hellhole, defunded police, uh, 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 communist Marxist experiment that is Washington. Get out of cities, get out of blue states, or better yet, if you wish to stay, change those states. Get super active, and people will be looking for alternatives in Michigan, in Illinois, they'll be looking for alternatives in California and in Florida, they have found one. When I got elected governor, we had 20, 280,000 more registered Democrats than Republicans in the state of Florida, DeSantis said during a press conference. Today, it will probably be fully publicized very soon. For the first time in the history of Florida, we've now overtaken Democrats, DeSantis said a couple months ago. That's when the number was 100,000. It is now doubled to 200,000, much like on this show, we have doubled our viewership and then tripled it and then quintupled it. And we just want to say thank you. This is endemic and indicative of a growing movement. We are so happy on this show to laugh in the faces of the people who wish to destroy this country. We are so thrilled on this show to make fun of Joe Biden and to roast Joe Biden and their pathetic attempts to pander and call people food items and to, uh, 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 like, kick out seething and angry parents who have real pain from the White House and to crash in their polling and to humiliate the rest of the country. We want to highlight that on this program so that you see that you're not the only one. That's the goal, actually, of full end-to-end control of the communists. They want to say to you that you are alone. They want to prove to you that you are standing on an island, that you're the only person who thinks the way that you think. It's a lie. It's a pernicious, evil lie, and it is attempting to control that which you can consume. 
They want you to open up social media every day and say, oh, wow, damn it, I'm alone. I must be the only person who wants to close down our borders, who wants to criminally prosecute drug dealers, who wants to pull all American business and all American investment out of communist China because they are evil, who wants a strong American dollar and a sound American economy in America first. You're not the only one. You are actually the majority of the country. You are the moral majority of this country. We are 80% of the nation. We are going to take back this nation. It is going to be glorious. We're going to rebuild something new. There are Republicans who deserve to go, and they'll go get thrown in the same garbage dumpster heap uh, as, as Democrats. Quite frankly, there is a uniparty that doesn't have your interests in mind who have sold you out, and that is why we call ourselves the America First Movement. That is why we call ourselves the New Populist Movement, the New Right, and that is why we're thrilled that we are growing and that we are part of the ascendancy. We are ascendant. Do you feel the energy? I certainly do. We are excited and optimistic on this show, and it's because of you. We want to say thank you. If you want to support our show, please click like, please click subscribe, please ring the little bell, and that is the best way to support us. We want to grow this community. We are so proud of the products that we're producing. We have a lot more coming. We're very excited, and we're excited because of you. We say thank you. God bless you. Have an amazing day. We have our priorities straight on the show. God, family, country. We're born free men and women, and we intend to stay that way. My name is Benny Johnson, and this has been The Benny Show.